The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. What is going on, everybody? Happy Friday. And honestly, I, I'm trying to get <clears throat> adjusted here at the shop in my office. I had a break last night over on Whatnot, breaking a 2023 Donruss baseball hobby box. I still have the packs on the floor. I still had the camera mounts on my desk. It, I had packages from UPS that came in. I haven't been able to figure that out. So it is a little bit of a mess. And my watermelon also fell into my lunchbox from the uh, the wrapping. <laughs> um, so it's been a hectic morning. Had to go to the post office, of course. So I'm just trying to wind down before I really dive into today's episode. Um, I got a bunch of fillers from last night's break. One, two, three, four, five, six filler cards from last night's break. Wow. Okay. Um, that is thrilling. <laughs> I still haven't even organized... Um, the USA baseball cards, uh, the Stars and Stripes baseball cards from the break, uh, well, from the opening that we did on YouTube channel. Oh, man, it's just an absolute, uh, it's crazy. It's crazy. But anyways, anyways, let's not get furthermore distracted. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode. Welcome to episode 194 of Murph's Boston Sports Talk. I am your host, James Murphy, a.k.a. Murph, and we have a steamer of a day here in the Rhode Island area. It is nice, warm, it is hot, the AC's on, it's got me a little chilly, but I'm in a good mood though. Murph, why are you in a good mood? The Celtics lost. Oh yeah, da 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 da. But you know what? I want to talk a little bit, of, I don't want to talk so much about the Celtics and, you know, the series, how they lost. I want to talk more about what's to come and what we can take away from that series. Um, and there's just a lot of obviously a lot of rumors going around and such but it's really interesting to kind of dive in to those rumors but I think it's going to be extremely fun to do so and I think we should all sit here and just kind of reflect on the season that the Celtics had and I don't want to talk about the regular season. I don't want to talk about the playoffs. Except where they were down 3 nothing, And only four teams in the NBA have come back down from 3 nothing to at least force a Game 7. Celtics were one of them. And you know what? Game 7 didn't go our way. But the fact that we were at least in that position to be there is really humbling it's obviously not what we want. It's very upsetting for the sole reason because, no, we're not going to sit here and celebrate 
Eastern Conference Finals appearances. And yes, I've been harsh on the Celtics. It was really, really tough for me to buy into the Celtics team this year. Yes, I was really hard on Joe Missoula this year. These are all true. Brad Stevens confirmed that Joe Missoula will come back as head coach next year. And I'm hopeful. I'm positive. Just like with any rookie in any sport, whether it's a player, a coach, there's going to be wrinkles that they need to go through. And obviously you'd like to think from when he got the job to the playoffs, he would have learned a lot on his way. But I really do believe that Joe Mazzulla is going to be able to sit back and reflect and become a better coach for next year. And with the Celtics eliminated and watching the Denver Nuggets just absolutely go bonkers against the Heat in game one of the finals last night, I I want to remain hopeful. I want to buy into the Celtics team because I do love basketball. It's just really, really hard. So as the offseason progresses for the Celtics, I need to build up my confidence, my optimism, my hope, my excitement for this team. Because Joe Mazzulla is a local guy. Fantastic. Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum still have, uh, what, Brown has one more year. And Tatum has, I think, two more years on his contract. But they're both eligible for the Supermax. That's going to be a lot of money right there. And again, I think this team can get better. Were they better than last year? I don't know about that. But they can get better. And I kind of want to sit down and try to figure that out. And I got the NBA uh, trade machine here. And this is going to be really, really fun to play with. Because where where is this going to go? Where, where am I going to go with this? And honestly, not going to lie, no idea. But I heard on the radio. I heard on the radio. And obviously, I've heard several, several rumors about this. Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard. Now, do we need another guard? Probably not. But I do like the idea of a Damian Lillard because not only is he a alpha in terms of scoring, but he's also hungry for a championship. And when in a game where Tatum kind of goes down and is a shell of himself, and in a game where Jalen Brown isn't doing much. It'd be nice to have that third guy, and I think that's really what the Celtics are missing is that number three guy. You look at a bunch of championship teams in recent years, they really had three guys. And now I'd probably say some exceptions are the Milwaukee Bucks, the Toronto Raptors, but you look at LeBron, whether he's with the Heat, with him, Wade, and Bosch, the Cavs, him, Kyrie, Love, Golden State, Curry, Clay, KD, and Draymond Green. 34 guys right there. And obviously, can't forget about the Spurs, Parker, Ginobili, Duncan. So I think there's a really big opportunity for the Celtics to bring in a number three guy. Now, obviously, how there's going to be a ton of things that change. There's going to be a lot that changes in terms of the depth on this team, the role players and such. It's going to get really, really dicey. And I have no idea how this is going to work, especially with Damian Lillard's high, high contract. Very high contract. 
uh, I'm just trying to figure out how we could maybe make this work. And now, obviously, this look at that. We have Portland second. We have no picks besides Portland second round to 2023. Uh, brutal. Very, very brutal. <sighs> I just, I don't. I don't really know where to go here, but I want to have some fun with this. So I'm just kind of spewing a couple things together. You can hear me just clicking, clicking, clicking. But the biggest thing is going to be the cap. And that's what a lot of people aren't really understanding is the cap space. Damian Lillard is set to make $45.6 million this year. How are you going to be doing? How are you going to take that contract on? Because right now you are $32.1 million over the cap. You bring in Damian Lillard, that's essentially going to put you $77.7 million over the cap. I think trading a Peyton, Pritchard, uh, Peyton Pritchard is just a young guard for them to kind of hit the reset button because with them having the number three pick in the draft, they got a bunch of young guys. They got Shaden Sharp, Matisse Teibel, Yosef uh, Nurkic, Cam Reddish, Anthony Simmons, if you throw in Peyton Pritchard there. Kevin Knox, uh, there was another one, Justice Winslow, um, wow, he's still in the league. They got Jabari, uh, Jabari Walker, interesting. Okay, so there's a bunch of different guys on here, but uh, it's, it's going to be really, really tough. I mean, Danilo Gallinari, you take, I mean, how, how do you get under the cap? That's the thing. How do you get under the cap? Celtics aren't I so I just did that trade. I, I did it with a 2025 first round pick in Peyton Pritchard. I just want to see what it says. Celtics are unable to complete this trade since they are tax paying are a tax paying team. They are only able to take back 125% of the salary they are sending out plus hundred thousand. Very, very mm. Celtics can only take back five point one million in salary based on the amount they are sending out, which is Peyton Pritchard's four million dollar salary. Cut $40.4 million from the Celtics' incoming trade value to make this trade successful to the Celtics. Um, okay. Uh, forty. We need to give up $40 million. You could probably trade Al Horford. They could probably just cut him. Grant Williams. That wouldn't be a nice little bad um, little restructuring piece there. So let me just try this trade. Uh, I still need to cut $33.7 million. Oh, man, this is... This oh no I need to cut eleven point eight million. I need to cut eleven point eight million dollars. The only other logical way to do that is Brogdon, but I don't think they would want a Brogdon. So does that mean we need to add a third team? Where would Brogdon go? Grizzlies maybe because of uh, the whole thing with Jaw. So if we can, okay I kind of like where this is going here. Um, Luke Cornett is also on the team. He's making $2.4 million. That might become a thing. Sam Hauser, $1.9. Justin Champagne, $1.9. These are just little little itty-bitty things that could um, really make make or break a trade. Um, let's see. Mike Muscala, I just don't see him coming back. Trade to the Grizzlies, sure, because they need some depth. They need some pieces. Uh, all right, so the Celtics have a bunch of money going out now. They have a bunch of money and a bunch of players going out. Uh, does that allow them to keep an Al Horford, maybe? I mean, I don't think Al Horford's going to come back on the team. But 
Okay, so the t- it works for the Celtics. Grizzlies are unable. They need to cut 25, 26 million. I know I'm just really honestly, guys, I'm just talking out loud. I'm just trying to figure out the financials of this trade. How can we make this work? Uh, Dylan Brooks, 11, uh, 17.1 million as an unrestricted free agent. Contract type, none. Oh, man. Uh, how, do, how do we, like, just get rid of him? Uh, I don't want to trade. I just kind of want... Oh, man, I can't even... I can't, like, just get rid of him. T.O. This is kind of confusing. I haven't done this in a long time. Oh, T. okay. T.O. is team option. Okay. And C.H. What does C.H. mean? Does not have a contract for the 2020. You may sign him to a new contract. I don't want to sign him to no contract. Can I just sign him to like a one year, just like million dollar contract? Recommend salary based on player performance. Oh, based on player performance, huh? Okay. Dylan Brooks contract. That, that's just that's just a quote unquote updating just to see uh, no do not have enough cap space or suitable tpes to sign brogdon scala financials grizzlies they still need to cut tons of money so anyways the principle behind what this drill is it's not going to be easy just for the celtics to bring in malcolm brogdon it's not in a lot of i'm sorry not malcolm brogdon, i'm sorry for them to bring in damian Lillard, which a lot of people want them to do but honestly, it's it's going to be really, really tough. It's going to be really, really tough for them to do so. I don't think they're going to be able to do it. I really don't. Just based off of the contract that Damian Lillard has. I mean, the trade, uh, trade exemptions that the Celtics have, nowhere near cover it. So you're going to have to bring in a third team. Now, who is that third team? I don't know. Is Damian Lillard even the answer? I also don't know. There's going to be a lot of questions revolving around the Celtics moving forward. In all honesty, yeah, there's going to be a lot of questions revolving around the Celtics and how to construct this offense and how to set it up to where... You can succeed next year. And I just don't, I don't know. I'm just trying to play with numbers. I'm just trying to play with a bunch of different numbers here. Hmm. Now I brought in the the Timberwolves. So maybe you can get a trade with the Blazers, the Timberwolves, and yourselves. Maybe Brogdon to the Timberwolves to give them another guard. Uh, to go along with Gobert and Anthony Towns. I know they got Mike Conley, but he's 35 to go along with Anthony Edwards. Uh, how does this work in terms of financials? Timberwolves would have to cut $22 million. Damn, that is a lot of money. $22 million got to cut. Sheesh. I don't know where the hell they're going to get $22 million from. A lot of teams are like over the cap. I mean, you don't really want to trade Malcolm Brogdon to the East. And keep them within the the conference, but I mean, it's you might have to. 
trade <laughs> trade Brogdon back to the Pacers. Oh my God, that'd be hilarious. I don't I don't think uh, I don't know. Maybe they would want want to do that. I have no idea. I can't even think of a team to to again to throw in. So it's going to be tough. At the end of the day, it's going to be beyondly tough. And if you guys have ideas, let me know. Reach out to me via social media at Murph's Card Town. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. If you're listening to this episode on YouTube, please drop a comment down below in the comment sections. How do the Celtics bring in Damian Lillard? Maybe you don't even want Damian Lillard. Maybe you do want uh, Jalen Brown gone. Maybe you want Jason Tatum gone. How can we make this team a contender for next year? Let me know. I'm beyondly curious. But let's transition over to another big-time news in uh, the sports world, and that is... Switching over to football, DeAndre Hopkins. He is a free agent. He's been a free agent for a little bit now. And who knows where he's going to go? It's going to be really, really difficult to foresee where he's going to go based on a bunch of variables. Obviously, his determination to put in the work. You have to obviously consider the financials. A good fit, whether, you know, where is that? Let's take New England, for example. Him and Bill O'Brien don't have a lot uh, a good relationship based off of their time in Houston together but now that Bill O'Brien's the offensive coordinator here here in New England it's like okay you took the coach over the player some people wanted that some people would rather have the player over the coach but there's some murmurs that it can both work how now, I'm not going to, you know, obviously I'm not going to just talk about how can Hopkins fit into the Patriots all day, you know, but it is it does warrant a discussion. First of all, do we even want DeAndre Hopkins here? He's going, he's 30 years old. He actually turns 31, uh, what, four days? His birthday's June 6th. He turns 31 in four days. He's still an A-plus receiver. He's still an elite weapon, and he'd be perfect to bring in for Mac Jones. He is a guy that rarely ever drops a ball. Sure hands. He's going to catch a ton of balls. He can go deep for you. He's a red zone threat. I really like the potential of what DeAndre Hopkins can help bring here to New England. But again, financials, huge question. And then the whole thing with Bill O'Brien, huge question. I think it can work. It's just a matter of making it work and finding out a way for it to work. And there's obviously other suitors out there. There's the Bills are out there, the Cowboys, obviously New England. I can't think of any other teams. I mean, who wouldn't want a DeAndre Hopkins? Like, in all honesty, who wouldn't want DeAndre Hopkins? Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. 
Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Uh, Chiefs, obviously, would be in that mix as well. So it's going to be really interesting. I mean, this guy uh, should have fairly fresh legs. He was suspended for the first six games last year, so he didn't play a full season. He, I think he came back after the bye week for the Cardinals, so he did play 12 games in a row. I, I personally would like him just because based on the wide receivers that the Patriots currently have, Kendrick Bourne, Devontae Parker, uh, Tyquan Thorne, I'm just not excited about that group. In a year that Mac Jones really needs to prove himself, and in a year where the Patriots are being looked on, looked down upon as an inferior team this year. Yeah, you brought in Gesicki, whoop-de-doo. Yeah, you brought in James Robinson, okay. Like, you still need more there. This is a league, this is a passing league. We're having three, four, five solid, legitimate weapons is a norm. Like, back in the day, you'd be able to get away with one weapon, two weapons. Now you need multiple guys that can do it. And I just don't think, just looking at it, the Patriots have that. I mean, again, that's not how I feel about it. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there's there's something, you know, hidden that I'm just missing on. And if there is, let me know. But again, it's just, do you guys feel confident about this Patriots team? I, I don't think anyone really does. And there are some people out there that do. But where is this confidence coming from? Where do you feel like that this team can win 10 games? Where can where do you find them making the playoffs with the loaded AFC conference? Like all three teams, all three other teams in the AFC are legitimate playoff contenders. You have the Bengals, the Ravens, legitimate contenders. Steelers are probably a fringe playoff team. You know that they're going to be a 500 team just because they have Mike Tomlin. And he's an insanely great coach. Kenny Pickett potentially making a big step in year two. You got the Jags in the South. Texans have CJ Stroud. Who knows what they're able to do? Titans. I'm trying to think. Titans and Colts. Titans, maybe. Colts, I don't think so. But they got Anthony Richardson. Who knows if he'll start and play this year? And then in the West, Mahomes, obviously with the Chiefs. Raiders, you expect them to make some noise this year with Jimmy G. Uh, um, the Cow- uh, Cowboys, wow. The Chargers, they were a playoff team last year, and they still have Justin Herbert, who is still a very good young player. And then, of course, the Denver Broncos, who on paper have a really good offense at least. And they made some changes on both sides of the ball. They, co- Of course, they brought in Sean Payton, and that offense put up horrific numbers last year really can't go anywhere but up for that offense so you have to expect them to be in the mix in one way or the other so i mean sitting here you could make a strong case i mean did this last year too but 13 teams in the afc to be legitimate playoff contenders for seven spots again the couple exceptions i'm thinking of the colts the the Browns, maybe maybe just those two. I mean, but the Browns have Deshaun Watson, though. They still have Amari Cooper. 
Nick Chubb. So, I mean, they have some decent pieces. Defense is pretty good with a uh, – why can't I think of his name? Miles Garrett, Denzel Ward, one of the best corners in the league. You could obviously, honestly make an argument that they could be in the mix. So, it's really the only team that I'm, I'm kind of just throwing out is the Colts. I mean, maybe. Colts, Titans, but I mean – Derrick Henry, solid defense, up-and-coming stars at wide receiver. Uh, they just drafted uh, Malik Willis last year. They just drafted Will Levis this year. I mean, honestly, shoot. If nine wins could get you into the playoffs this year in the AFC, you could make the legitimate argument that every single AFC conference team has a shot at the, at the playoffs. I mean, I feel like if you really dive deep into it. Now, listen, if this is outlandish, let me know. But I really feel like that every AFC conference team has a shot, especially if nine wins gets you there. Now, we, I said this last year with 13 teams. Jets were in it for a long time. They fell off. Patriots were in it for a while. They fell off. Uh, let's see. Uh, Colts were in it, fell off. Titans in it, they fell off. Broncos never got the ground, uh, got the wheels spinning on the ground. So probably a couple teams will fall off four weeks into the season, six weeks into the season. So probably a couple teams will fall off, even though I sit here and say, I think 16 teams could make the playoffs for seven spots. You can make that argument. But in all honesty, you could. But again, there's only seven spots, and probably a couple teams will fizzle out. Maybe the Jets fizzle out. The Dolphins fizzle out. Patriots, obviously. Don't think the Bills, but I do think they will take a step back. Just talking about the AFC East here. It is really up in the air. In the Patriots right now, my opinion, all things considered, but granted health, are probably the worst team in the division. And that's not barbaric to say. That's not crazy to say. Now listen, if Tua gets injured, or if Josh Allen gets injured, or Aaron Rodgers, you know, I know he had like a little ankle tweak during OTAs then maybe something different changes. But right now, as it stands, everybody's given perfect health. They're the worst team in the division. But does DeAndre Hopkins change that, though? Does DeAndre Hopkins put the Patriots above the Jets or above the Dolphins or above the Bills? Even, I would like to think so and say yes. But at the end of the day, I don't know. That's not a given, especially a, a a premier receiver coming into a new team. Hopefully, high expectations, wants to put in the work. But who knows? But honestly, who knows? I I would love to see it. Now, I've now, people say all the time, oh, Mac Jones sucks. Well, it's the same people that say Mac Jones suck are also the same ones that said Mac Jones were good, was good in his rookie season. But this is the thing. No quarterback in the league can do it by themselves. You look at every quarterback in the league, they have stars around them, whether that's receiver, tight end, running back, the offensive line, coaching, doesn't matter where it is. And I feel like besides his first year, Mac Jones had the best offensive coordinator in the league, Josh McDaniels. He had a top 10 offensive line and meh weapons, and he did really well. And I've harped and ranted about this so many times at the shop and here on the podcast, but you know, quick little refresher because we might be able to throw DeAndre Hopkins into this mix. 
year two, you take away the coach, you take away the offensive line, and he still has poop for weapons, <laughs> lack of better terms, anyone's going to struggle. Anybody's going to struggle. Look at Russell Wilson. He had three good receivers in Denver. And he struggled. He struggled. Why? Maybe the line, maybe the coach. Who knows? And then year three. I think year three is the biggest thing for any young quarterback. You look good one year. You look bad one year. What do you do year three? Are you good? Are you bad? Mac Jones has shown the ability to be good when he has good talent, good players, good coaches around him, whether that's at Alabama or his rookie season. I mean, Trevor Lawrence didn't look good his first year. Then he blew up his second year. Justin Fields, same thing. Looked bad his first year. Then he blew up his second year. Do you, I could count on so... Oh, no, that's, a, that's not the expression. I was going to say I could count on so many hands. I mean, I could count so many people that came to the shop over the course of the offseason last year and into the early season this past year for football, the 2022 season, how many people wanted to fire sale Justin Fields cards? I know so many people. I'm not going to name names because I'm not that kind of guy. But so many people wanted to fire sale Justin Fields cards after his rookie year. Oh, he sucks. He's, he's not good. He can't throw. He's It's bleh. But now everybody under the sun wants Justin Fields cards because he looked good in year two. He looked good one of the two years. Bad one year, good year two. What does he do in year three? People are buying up his cards and investing his cards for a potentially big year three. He's got DJ Moore, got a better line. Uh, Did they make any changes at coaching? I'm not too sure about that. I feel like they brought in a running back, but I can't think off the top of my head. But it doesn't matter, nonetheless. So why does Justin Fields, why does everybody love Justin Fields all of a sudden when he's basically doing the same thing Matt Jones does or did, just reverse? Matt Jones looked good year one, bad year two. Question mark year three. Justin Fields looked bad year one, looked good year two, question mark year three. Trevor Lawrence, bad year one, question mark, um, good year two, question mark year three. Tua looked bad year one. Kind of looked decent year two. When he was on the field and healthy, he looked good year three. That's a three-year window. Jordan Love, he's played two games, and everyone's buying up his cards all of a sudden. Give it time with these young guys. Give it time, and I think Mac Jones needs time. But entering year three, give him all the tools available to let him succeed. If Mac Jones plays badly with a much, much improved offensive coordinator, you bring in a DeAndre Hopkins, a arguably top 10, sometimes top 5 receiver in the game, obviously you brought in Gasecki, you brought in James Robinson, and then you hopefully made improvements at the offensive line, hopefully, and Mac Jones still sucks, then that's on him. Then that's on him, and then he sucks. I mean, I think one of the really big reasons why Tom Brady was able to thrive and succeed and play well and do well in the NFL early on, winning three Super Bowls in four years, is coaching, of course. His skill, his talent, of course. 
but the players around him. People knock Brady all the time. All defense won those first three Super Bowls for him. It's like, listen, defense was, yes, very good. Very elite defense. But let's not forget, in that first Super Bowl against the Rams, Tom Brady and the offense had the ball at the 20-yard line with a minute and 40-something seconds to go. John Madden, the uh, the color man for the game, announcing, said just knee and go play for overtime. But no, Tom Brady took the ball, marched down the field, made big throw after big throw to his guys, got in field goal range, and Vinatieri kicked the field goal. <laughs> I mean, so like, yes, defense played well. They didn't win them the game solely. In part, of course. It's a team sport. It's a team effort. There's 11 guys on both sides of the ball. 11 guys on special teams on the field at once. It's a team sport. Yeah, maybe your quarterback can win you a game or two. Of course, we've seen that plenty of times. Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, Peyton Manning in his prime. I mean, tons of guys can do it. But at least through the course of the regular season, which I think we should really just look at the regular season first before we get any potential excitement for the playoffs. We got we to gotta win games in the regular season first. I mean, I don't know what the over-under is for the Patriots right now. But, like, would I be surprised if they win eight games with how the current roster is constructed? Yes. Would I be surprised if they win seven games? Probably. But they should win seven games. They should win eight games. How are they going to do so? Because they have a really, really tough schedule. And when the schedule first came out, I went win-loss, win-loss. And it did not look good so we have a few more minutes here i do want to switch and gear over to sports cards i know i kind of already touched upon sports cards a little bit but i really want to bring something to the forefront and that is the 43rd national sports collectors convention in chicago july 26 to the 30th 2023 i want to bring this up just because we're getting really close we're under two months away from the national we are Sub two months, sub 60 days. Sorry, I got some hiccups right now. And I'm beyondly excited. I cannot wait to go. I cannot wait to have fun. But why am I bringing this up to you guys? Because as we get closer and closer to the national, I want to start talking more and more about sports cards, Pokemon cards, you know, TCG cards here on the podcast and I don't think a lot of you would mind because again I mentioned this a million times a lot of listeners here on Mertz Boston Sports Talk like collecting cards and they obviously like sports makes a lot of sense those that collect cards oftentimes like sports those that like sports like collecting cards and here on Mertz Boston Sports Talk mainly talk about sports and of course the New England sports teams hence the name Mertz Boston Sports Talk but I also want to kind of dive into some more hobby-related just discussions, which I don't think many people would mind about, especially with national season coming up, especially with you know basketball ending very soon, hockey ending soon, baseball is going to be the forefront of the you know the hobby until we get to July and the national where football season's right on the horizon. So I just want to, moving forward, I just want to talk a little bit more about this, you know, maybe some guys to look into, some guys to invest in, maybe guys to avoid or, you know, stay away from, you know, some buy, sell, trade, hold segments or such. 
I think it'd be really fun just to talk more and more about the hobby here on the podcast. Just, you know, spend a few moments, a few minutes talking about this and that. Um, but I'm very, very excited to to do so leading up to the 43rd National in Chicago. Again, we're under two months. Very, very excited. But that will wrap it up for today's episode, guys. A fairly shorter episode, but, you know, I just kind of spewed out all my thoughts on you guys. I just spewed everything that I had to say about Joe Missoula, the Celtics, trading for Damian Lillard, obviously talking about Hopkins and the Patriots. But let me know, guys. Reach out to me via social media at Murph's Card Town on Twitter, Instagram, and, of course, on Facebook. Let me know your thoughts about anything and everything that we talked about here in today's episode, episode number 194. But if you listen to this on YouTube, you're more than welcome to drop a comment down below as I'd love to read and reply to any and all comments because we talked about a bunch of different things today. We really did. Again, Celtics, Missoula, Damian Lillard, DeAndre Hopkins, the Patriots, Mac Jones, uh, obviously just kind of alluding to the national and talking about the hobby more for next week. So hopefully you guys did enjoy today's episode. Thank you so much for downloading, listening, and enjoying if you're listening to today's episode on audio-only platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, wherever you listen to your podcasts, you know where those are. You can find Murph's Boston Sports Talk. So I'd really appreciate you downloading, listening, and of course, enjoying to each and every episode. Also, if you're listening to this on YouTube, thank you so much for clicking on the video. Please make sure you smash the thumbs up button if you enjoyed today's episode. Again, comment down below and of course, subscribe to the channel if you're new or haven't considered subscribing, so greatly appreciate the love and support. Have a fantastic weekend. Again, it is hot right now. It is warm. It is toasty, sizzly. All good things that I like to um, endure here as summer is on the horizon as we embark on the month of June. If you're going to any card shows, feel free to send me, show me your pickups. Who are you looking for? Who are you trying to buy? Who are you trying to sell? Who are you trying to hold? Let me know all those great things over the course of the weekend and throughout next week leading up to next week's episode. But that is going to do it for today's episode. Thank you so much again. I will see you in the next one, but between now and then, you know that I love you, and I will always, always see you.